You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is the Level Agency way. Hey, Miles here from Level, and I am proud to be your podcast host. In every episode of Test, Learn, Grow, I'll be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Test, Learn, Grow. Our guest this week is Sean Wade, one of our creative producers here at Level. Creative producer focusing on design, graphic design, video editing, all things visual, and mainly sitting on our e-commerce team, but also helping across the cross-functional teams here at the agency. So, Sean... Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So before I ask you to give a fun fact about yourself, I'm going to give one about you related to this podcast. So fun fact for everybody watching or listening right now, all the graphics you've seen for Tesla and Grow, the logo for the podcast, the social media posts and videos and episode artwork, all of that creative production is done by this guy that we're talking to today. So of course, we had to have you on this show that you are helping to produce so I'm excited to, to talk about all things creative with you. So from your seat, what's a fun fact about Sean? So I would say a you know, fun fact is uh, I, you know, as, as a creative person, I'm always looking for new ways to uh, sort of capture things around me. Uh, so photography was sort of a, a natural uh, magnet. So I've been doing that for a while. I uh, love going out around the city, um, taking photos, uh, events, landscape, whatever, you know, just kind of hop on my bike, grab the camera and see where I end up. I actually uh, ended up getting out, kicked out of PNC Park one time that way. <laughs> Somebody left the gate open and I figured, well, might as well check it out. <laughs> That's awesome. The gate's open, right? So yeah, no, made it all the way down to, uh, to right behind home plate and uh, then wandered up into the concourse and somebody finally came and said, hey, you, you really can't be here. <laughs> That's awesome. That is a fun fact right there. Yeah, uh, now I'm still waiting for the call from uh, the New York Times or National Geographic, you know. So marketing then, not every creative person, photography as an example, or even graphic design, chooses to flex those muscles in a marketing context, right? You can do more of the fine art side of things. A lot of that circle like looks down on marketing, right? Like they don't want to be part of that. Now you've chosen to be a part of it. So I'd love to hear how you found yourself working in a marketing agency, a bit of that background. So I, I guess that, you know, part of it is uh, both my parents were uh, involved in marketing. Um, my mom was an accountant for a, uh, an ad agency in Philadelphia for years and years and years. My dad was the uh, vice president of marketing for a handful of different companies. And so I kind of grew up around that environment. My dad definitely encouraged me to you know, be creative, but also, you know, when looking at marketing versus like just a pure art profession, uh, I, I enjoy the structure that comes with the marketing environment. Um, I think that, you know, if you are going for that pure art route, that um, you really need to feel like you have a message and that you, you are passionate about sharing your art your way. And I certainly do want to, you know, express things in, in what I make, but at the same time, you know, when you're working in marketing, you, you have an end goal, right? You, you have something you're shooting for, and so it's uh, it's a little bit more structured. And I, I do like that about marketing. That's an interesting phrase you said, your art, your way. Because in marketing, in many ways, it's your art, the client's way. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
And so for some artists that can be hard to take rounds of revisions because it's not quite what the client wants or doesn't fit the brand, even though if it fits the artist. So I think that's an interesting designation there. Uh, that's definitely good to call out. And you said something I want to touch on as well. Your dad always encouraged you to be creative. So I think this is interesting when we talk marketing is we, creative in that context is like an adjective, like someone is creative that describes you as a person. In marketing, we often ask for the creative. Hey, I need creative for this ad campaign and use it as a noun. So how do you define creative as a noun for people listening? If they have always wondered, what do you mean you need the creative? Like, how can I, how can I hand over an adjective to you? Right. What is, what do we put in place of creative there? So I think that, you know, creative ranks right up there with copywriting um, in terms of industry jargon that confuse people. Uh, people are like, I, we don't need to copyright this product. I just want you to give me the, the copy or the, the sure. stats for the post. Um, but yeah, when we're talking about uh, creative, we're just talking about um, anything that is visually developed, that is, you know, it could be the text for um, a post, it could be video, it could be graphic design, logos, anything that is going to be displayed as part of an advertising campaign. So any physical or nowadays digital asset that's going to be going out to the world. So images, videos, the words, when we talk about copywriting or just copy are all creatively produced, hence your title, creative producer. Yeah. And that's what we mean when we mean creative, those visual elements for sure. Mm -hmm. In level, we talk a lot about data, right? And in many ways, in order to get the data, you need some sort of creative. You have to put the creative in the market. People have to interact with that so that we have data back. So from your seat, how do you see creative and data working together? How does one feed off of the other in your day-to-day -day, you know, day -day job? That was actually a, a really big change for me when I came to level from my previous roles. Where I was at before was very much uh, kind of like the, the more old school marketing where it was just, we're going to put our name out there and we're going to decide how we want to do it. And we're going to see what sticks and we're going to go from there. So uh, a very kind of rudimentary version of what we do here at Level. So when we're talking about data and creative working together, really what that looks like is testing. And you know, to talk about the title of podcast, test, learn, grow, um, that, that really is what we're doing uh, every day um, when we're developing creative um, and talking about how we're going to evolve campaigns as a team. We, we put things out into the world. We make sure that we're able to track performance through a variety of metrics, uh, click-through rate, conversion rate, ROAS, whatever is relevant to the objectives of that campaign. And then we go back once we have a statistically significant number of results or interactions um, that we can go and say, yeah, uh, this version of the copy worked a lot better than this version of the copy, uh, or we... We liked it better with, you know, leading with a, an image of the product versus like a lifestyle image or something like that, which is actually a test we recently ran. And then from there, uh, that will guide uh, where, what our next round of creative development is, uh, because, you know, we see ad fatigue, especially in e-commerce uh, fairly quickly. So we put an ad out into the market and eventually the market is just saturated. You know, enough people have seen it because we're, we're targeting a specific audience. You know, we're not just putting it out there and everybody's going to see it. So when that audience has seen that ad enough, um, it's time to take a next step. And so that data is what's going to guide where we take that next step to. 
I'd love to dig deeper into that. You mentioned a few tests that you've done recently. So if you had to pick, instead of just talking general, like you just did, like you gave a general overview, what's a specific example then of a test you've done as it pertains to creative? I'd love it if you could walk through what brought the test forward. Somebody must have noticed something happening in the market. A hypothesis was developed. The test was designed. You ran the test and then you can look at the results. How did those results drive some iteration in what was out in the market? Do you have a specific example to that? Yeah. So I, I get, I'll go back to the one that I mentioned before. And then um, there's a, another interesting one that kind of illustrates the, uh, the value of a non-result, but we'll, we'll get there. Okay. So the, uh, the first one is the, um, the product versus the lifestyle test that we ran. That was actually for a, a newer client of ours. And uh, they had a set of ads already developed when they came to us. But we said, okay, well, this is great. We, we love these ads and we will definitely run with them. We would like to, you know, institute uh, a test as we go so that we, you know, when these ads are fatigued, we can, you know, have take an informed next step instead of just starting our process then. And so uh, the ad that they gave us had a couple of different shots of their product in a lifestyle setting. So people wearing their product, going about their day-to-day -day lives, showing that, you know, it made their lives easier and more comfortable and, and this, that, and the other. So what we did was we took a very close up image of that product and started the carousel. Uh, that was the format that we were in. So, you know, Facebook carousel where you can just scroll through a handful of product sure. images with specific call outs. So we created two different carousels, one with the lifestyle image to lead off, one with the product image to lead off. So uh, I guess to make this a little more interactive, uh, which one do you think would resonate better with an audience, an image of a person using the product to make their life easier or something specifically of the product? I'm going to guess something just of the product followed by some of the lifestyle examples. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually exactly what we found, which honestly you did better than I would. I would have absolutely guessed that the, the lifestyle image would, uh, would have crushed the product image just because generally we think that people respond better to people. So, you know, you see somebody who is happy and they're overcoming a problem that you are experiencing. You want to find out what they're doing. You know, your, your friend talks about a great restaurant, you want to go there. So that usually would be more of a, a persuasive uh, aspect of an ad than just, you know, for example, talking about a restaurant, showing a picture of food. Um, but in this case, you were correct. Uh, the, the product did um, convert, I think at like three times higher than the lifestyle image. Wow. And so now we know that for whatever reason, we're going to continue to investigate that that type of imagery that set up for ads works better for that client. So that was a, the original curiosity was what will perform better product alone or product in a lifestyle setting was the formal hypothesis that the lifestyle would perform better. That was, yeah. And then we were proved wrong and we learned that it's the product. Exactly. Um, and now we can go back to the client with an informed recommendation for our next creative refresh. I love that example because going back to what you said about the world you came from previously, I came from that world previously too. other agencies I worked for where there's a really big focus on being right. And sometimes your ego can get caught up in like, I have the best idea, right? Like I feel I'm passionate about this and that's what gets the charge gets led by a creative director or somebody put in that position. I love that we were wrong in this example because it illustrates that it's not always important to be right from the get go, but it's important to be able to get it right. And so how do we do that to prove it, that it doesn't quite matter whose idea it was. What matters is what converts, right? What's going to make the most money for the client and finding that, right? And yeah. that the result is what matters, not necessarily who was right about the hypothesis, 
We built a test to learn and we did, and now we can grow and do it with future campaigns. Yeah, exactly. And we can take those learnings beyond just that client and we can test them with other clients and other industries and build out a base of knowledge so that next time that we onboard a new client or that one of our existing clients wants to launch a new campaign, uh, that we have, you know, a, a solid base to build off of and we don't have to start from scratch and, you know, test, learn, grow our way into uh, a good position. So you mentioned another example about we're being, so do you have another one you want to talk on? Yeah, sure. So this was sort of a, a luxury goods client and they were offering a discount on some of their products. Uh, we created a simple animation um, advertising this deal and uh, how amazing their products are. You know, they're, they're super high quality, premium in the marketplace. And so we tested the creative with copy advertising the quality of the product to start. Um, and then we had another one that advertised the uh, value of the deal. And we were wondering, you know, are people who are buying these luxury goods actually going to care all that much about having this, you know, discount, you know, or are they more worried about getting the best product than they are about how much they're spending on it? Because, you know, they're already spending a decent amount of money. So, you know, is this discount really all that important to them? Um, sure. And so my hypothesis was that no, it probably wouldn't be. And that, you know, the more important thing was that they knew they were getting a good product. And so we put these two bits of creative out in the market and, tested them and tested them and tested them. And we could not reach statistical significance. They didn't care one way or another. Um, and so, you know, that, that does tell us something in the, the fact that the message was important on both ends. It also tells us we need to keep testing and see if we continue to get that result. And yeah, so that, that is something that we actually are implementing uh, for another test coming up here soon. I appreciate that example to both those examples, because the first one you talked about, the variable that changed was the visual creative. And the second one, the variable that changed was the written creative in the form of the copy. So like yeah. it's a great one of each to test to touch on here to show that how we do that. And also that only one thing should be changed in the test so that you know what variable has the impact. So I imagine one of the next tests might be, let's keep the copy the same and have the visual creative touch on either the quality or the discount and then see, does that have more weight? You know, the visual versus the written you can see in the way that out and then you know okay if i want to really touch on the discount it should be visually versus written or vice versa yeah yeah definitely so we've touched on testing we've touched on some of the general like creative one-on-one stuff in that theme of some of the basics i love i always love to talk about what doesn't work like we started to go down and i'm sure as a creative person you have opinions on this as all <laughs> creative do what you see out there as mistakes other people are making that when you maybe when you inherit an account from a client or you just are going about your day on social media and you see a brand putting something out there it just offends all your creative sensibilities and you wish people wouldn't do these things because they don't work so like if you could give us three of the top creative mistakes you see being made and then how you'd fix them i think that'd be great to talk about yeah. So I'll, I'll try to steer away from personal preference because there are <laughs> things that are totally valid design sure. approaches that I just don't like in terms of like uh, sort of global things that, that, you know, are just always in my opinion, going to be an issue. I would say the, one of the big ones would be really casting too wide a net. Sometimes brands, and, and I feel like a lot of the time it's smaller companies or companies that are really starting to try and grow their marketing is that they try to please everybody. 
You can make everybody happy some of the time. You can make some of the people happy all the time. You can't make all the people happy all the time. And that is, uh, I think, one of the, the main marketing mistakes that uh, some companies make is uh, they make creative that is too general. They use very nonspecific words like best or, uh, you know, top quality or, or whatever, um, which sometimes they are appropriate words to use. Um, but you really need to focus in on what your product's place is in the market and who you're advertising to and then build your creative around that. Um, sometimes people will build their creative just around trying to tell how amazing their product or service is and not focus on who they're talking to and they'll totally miss the mark or they will include those people in the, the creative design, but it's not targeted enough at those people that they're going to respond to it versus you know another brand, another competitor that is targeting those people specifically. And if your creative is going out to people that are not your target audience, then you're just wasting money. You're, you might as well just, you know, throw it in the trash can. Um, okay. As far as ways to, to go about fixing that, um, that kind of ties all the way back into our conversation about, you know, using data to guide creative um, and really doing your research and your homework on what you know, your creative should include in order to be most effective with the, you know, the audience that, that you're going after. And this is not like a client example, uh, but you know, just it, let's say that you're selling um, affordable everyday like kitchen gadgets. You wouldn't want to put like a picture of a you know professional chef in a million dollar kitchen. Uh, you wouldn't want to include pictures of you know a, a very complex dish with lots of uh, you know exotic ingredients because that's going to scare people off. And yeah, it, it might tie your product in with this idea of being a, you know, premium, top quality, uh, you know, innovative brand. But if that's not your product and if that's not your audience, you're essentially wasting your time and your money in building that. Yeah. So if number one is don't be too general in your words is number two, then make sure your visual creative matches the message you're portraying. And, and it's something that your customer would resonate with. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, just you know, know your product and know its place in the market. You know, you you don't have to be the the Ferrari of whatever industry you're in. I mean, Ford is making you know how many hundreds of millions of dollars selling everyday cars, and they're not out there trying to say that you know their cars are gonna you know beat a Ferrari on a, a drag strip, and they're not trying to say that they're more comfortable than a Bentley. They're saying that they are affordable and that they are reliable, and they're gonna get you where you want to go. Yeah, actually, that you say Ford. What popped up to me, I think it's a great example of what you're saying is knowing who your audience is and being specific. Ford coming out with an electric pickup truck with the lightning, if you've seen those ads, they're not talking about hands-free driving or they're not trying to be Tesla, right? What they're talking about in their ads is that, hey, look, now your pickup truck can also be the generator for your work site. Yeah. That is so specific to who their target is and why someone would buy an electric pickup truck where it's not about being this frou-frou electric car guy. It's appealing to the common sense working person. That's like, oh, that's cool. Now I don't need to haul a generator. My truck's my generator. Yeah, awesome. Exactly. I'm in, right? Yeah. So that's a great example. So what's number three? Three, I guess I would just say, um, keep it simple. You know, you, you have tons of opportunities to launch new campaigns. You can always be more granular with your ads. Don't try to do everything all at once. If you have a sale, advertise your sale and that's it. Drive people to make purchases based on that sale. 
you don't have to tell people about your sale and all of your different catalogs and the super cool backstory, not, not backstory, but the super cool origin story of your company. You don't have to do all that in one ad. So, you know, pick your purpose and stay focused on it. Let's tie really well in together, right? Don't, don't target too general, target specific, make sure your message aligns with your visual creative and keep it simple. Talk about one thing at one time. If you do all three of those things, that sounds like be very effective at. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure everybody has heard this, especially if you're in the marketing sphere, attention spans are so short now that people aren't ready to digest your whole story. They want to know what you're offering, why they should buy it and how they can get it. And sure. they, you want to do that as quickly and as noticeably as possible. Like, like you said, they don't care about your story. They care about their problem. All right. Yes. And so how can we fix their problem? That's what the focus should be in an ad. When they get to your website, sure. You can tell your story. You can do all that stuff once they're your customer, but yeah, the ad should be all about them and not about you. Yes, exactly. Well, Sean, I appreciate your time and thank you for joining me on the podcast. This has been knowledge packed. So I'm <laughs> excited to hear what the response is. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure talking with you. I hope we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Test, Learn, Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information on what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is to test, learn, and grow.